Welcome to Illegal Double Team. We are Jonathan and Christina Snowden, and we love professional wrestling. We do. How you doing, Jonathan? I have uh, had better weeks, months, days, hours. We haven't been well, back. The last for... hour has been pretty good. <laughs> we haven't been back for two weeks, and it has been both a great two weeks and kind of a terrible two weeks. Yeah, there's a yeah, no question. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, you've probably seen some of this stuff, but um, one, of, one of my close friends uh, passed away uh, unexpectedly. And um, in, in the same couple days, I managed to smash my head and give myself a, a pretty big concussion. And uh, so it's uh, it's not been the easiest past week or <laughs> and, uh, and still not 100% myself, but... Uh, Recovering? Um, yeah better than I was. Well, today was really the first day that we were able, or you were able to sit in front of a screen and watch some wrestling with me. Yeah. So I can, um, watching the television seemed okay. So looking at a computer screen, I don't know what the, yeah. what the difference is between it's, them. It stresses my eyes a lot more the, too. The, the brightness or the frequency, or I, I'm not sure maybe the number of lines, there's probably science to it. I'm sure there is. But, uh, yeah. So working on the computer has been tough, but, um, I was able to passively watch some wrestling. And uh, so cool, because I like wrestling. But in the two weeks um, that you were suffering from the concussion, we actually were mostly watching live wrestling. Yes, that's true. We yeah, had two big trips. Yes. So the, this show is going to be a little different than our normal one, where we're not going to have like a top five and stuff like that. We're instead going to do uh, two road reports, uh, like the old Death Valley Driver style for old school wrestling fans. Oh, cool. I'm so, sad I missed that. Yeah, we're the players now, me and you. <laughs> Two fists in the face of wrestling or something. I don't remember. <laughs> we, we need a big green message board. Anyway, continue, please. So first trip, we went to Dallas. We did. For G1 opening night. Yes. No Ewings, Cliff Barnes, nobody there from the classic television show Dallas. But I did see a man in a cowboy hat. Oh, we saw several men in That's cowboy a shoot. hats. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Dallas. Uh, oh, and, and we saw several cars with the giant uh, horns on the front. Yeah, that, like that is real. Th- a real yes, thing it's that a happens. A real there. thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was delightful. But it was a great trip. Uh, it was. Um, we love Dallas. Um, we stayed uh, right downtown, close to the American Airlines Center. There were probably like a good twenty places that you could have stayed and easily walked to this venue. Um, hundreds of restaurants to choose from never felt unsafe never had trouble finding anything um also tons of parking yeah dallas is just a really like well thought out and constructed yeah, downtown area that way a lot. yeah we, I mean, we were right there with the aquarium the the ross perot museum was there big we, hit with the kids yeah we saw the dinosaur bones and all that stuff and uh and just walked everywhere so uh, and walked right to the event as well and yeah so, if there was another if there was another show at that event i, I wouldn't think twice i would yeah, go that venue yeah for mm-hmm. sure and uh, you know part of it is us being like people who have lived in europe maybe i don't know but like you know i i love the idea of like going somewhere parking your car and being able to walk yeah or just use public transportation yeah too easy so dallas was a big hit for sure and and i think uh, going to see a genuine honest to god new japan pro wrestling show was also uh, all in all a really good experience yeah yeah um i mean i loved it i'm so glad i got to go um who knows if i mean okada claims that they'll come back for g1 in the future but who knows whether or not that's true um, and who knows whether or not it'll be um, someplace that we can get to quite as easily as we could get to Dallas. But, um, yeah, I was really excited that uh, we got to see everybody. 
Um, what do you think your favorite part of the show was? So for me, I think, you know, because as uh, Arn Anderson used to say on, on the marquee, it says wrestling. And so for me, the, the favorite part was a wrestling match. And it was the, the kind of like the classic New Japan Pro Wrestling match, uh, which is Okada versus Tanahashi. Like if you were going to see like one NWA wrestling match, it would have been Flair versus Steamboat. If you were going to see like one All Japan Pro Wrestling match, you'd want to see Misawa versus Kawada uh, or Kobashi. Or Surita. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do and, know what you mean. And, and so, like, the one, the, the, like, prototypical modern New Japan Pro Wrestling match is Okada versus Tanahashi. And to see them there and, and to deliver such a great match, because I thought it was an excellently worked match, uh, you could see in person just how perfect and crisp everything they do is, how great their timing is, how they connect with the fans, even these foreign fans who maybe didn't connect to everything else right. on the show. They were into this. Um, just great. I mean, probably my favorite match I've ever seen live. Ooh, big talk. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably change that at every event, but <laughs> for well, the moment, it was it was really good. So my favorite part, just in general, was being able to see Ibushi live. I was really excited about that because I really didn't think that was going to happen. Um, my favorite match of the night, at the moment, in the moment, was Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata. I really enjoyed that match. Yeah, and so we'll talk more about the the G one uh, in more detail on another podcast. But you know, um, coming soon, coming soon. But um, it, the all the matches I thought were good, with the exception of uh, Bad Luck Fale and, and Evil, which was just kind of there. Uh, all the other um, tournament matches were, yeah. were excellent, to include Osprey and Archer. So uh, I was happy with the quality of the wrestling. They they definitely delivered a, their their top product. Yeah, I was really going into it expecting that. Um, Kenta Ibushi would probably be my favorite match, but you know, I got a little bit distracted uh, early on in Ibushi's match when I became worried about his leg injury. And I was pointing it out to you, and you weren't convinced that I wasn't just seeing, like, you know, selling or, you know, maybe he wasn't really favoring it as much as I thought he was. Yeah, but sure enough, he, he tweeted out the picture of his grotesquely swollen ankle. So, like, you were on it right away, noticing that he wasn't putting weight on it and, and being a little weird. Yeah. And also, um, some of his flaws as a performer... I guess we're we're making you convinced that he was he was actually hurt. Yeah, he's not he's not great at long term selling. Um, really, really good at short term selling. Has you know it moves wonderfully. Has crazy facial expressions, but not so great at the long term selling, like match long selling. So the fact that he was was basically selling this leg, um, this foot so much like got me legitimately worried and I I will admit that I got distracted during that match because I don't like to see Ibushi hurt and the idea of potentially seeing the rest of the G1 without Ibushi or without an Ibushi uh, you know close to 100% was was making me kind of sad and I was even a little distracted for the Okada Tanahashi match and um, so we went back or I went back and watched it um, on television to see what I thought. And I, I actually did like it a lot more than I remember liking it in the moment. But, I mean, I told you it was because I was I was just distracted. Now, but before that, just seeing him uh, walk out onto the ramp and, and down to, to the ring, like I just remember like telling you, like, 
How, how does a human being look like I, that? It's amazing. Like when you just look at Ibushi, it's just like human perfection. <laughs> He's beautiful. And I was thinking about it today when I was uh, looking at some older matches and I found these pictures of Kerry Von Erich, who like, to me, like uh, as a younger person was like, that was like what a man was like, the, the full capability of what a man could look like uh, was Kerry Von Erich, like with these big hulking, but also like kind of sleek muscles mm-hmm. and the long hair and stuff and the tan. And it's just like, that was like what I thought the perfect male figure was. And now uh, I think he's probably been surpassed by Ibushi. <laughs> Uh, not as hulking as Carrie Von Eric, but kind of like a more sleek version. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I, I like that better. So um, congratulations, Ibushi. <laughs> but what's interesting is like you hear people talk a lot about how Ibushi is kind of like destroying himself for wrestling and he's like crippling himself and he's all these things. And yet like somehow like his the, the figure he presents as like a human, it just keeps getting better. Like, if you look, uh, to me, like, I mean, he was always an attractive man, but, like, you know, uh, he's he's muscular, his waist is thinner, he's, like, more vascular, he's tanner, his, like, face is somehow handsomer. Like, I, I don't understand what is happening here. Um, science yeah. needs to study him. Yeah, I think he has, he, he must have, like, a full-length portrait up in the attic that's doing the <laughs> aging for him. No, it's not um, on our list to have talked at length about Ibushi being... Gene- you need to put that perfect, on the list. But um, we did anyway, so you got to get that in every podcast, I guess. So, so the show itself, just full of positives. Yeah, the wrestlers. Really great. And um, any chance I get, I'm going to go back to a New Japan show. But there was a negative. Yeah, for sure. Um, the crowd. This is the first live show that we've been to um, where, you know, you you sort of hated the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just in, in in general as a group, but also like some specific people. Like there was a, a, a couple of jerks in our section who were um, obnoxious and loud and, and somehow felt the need that, to talk for the entire three hours of the show. Uh, all like just chatter. All worthless. Ma- every match, all match long. All, nothing but like internet smart comments. And not... Not it's not that we were yeah ones. it's not that we were just hearing them quietly talk to their friends no they they were they were uh, yelling this loud enough that it was clear that they were looking for an audience yes. like they thought they were a show in and of themselves it was the worst stereotypical wrestling fan behavior um, that you hear about yeah, like it like, was like the internet come alive yes they were like gross fat white guys. Uh, gatekeeping saying rude things and actively like you, you could tell by their comments like they weren't genuine they were like searching out arguments mm-hmm. for some reason and um yeah it was unfortunate because it was to the point where i think it it was actively making it less fun for for probably 50 to 100 people in that section yeah i had uh, i had two women sitting next to me and by the end of the show they were i mean they were just so completely aggravated with this guy and we had a couple sitting in front of us who I saw like numerous times, like looked around with that, you know, just exasperated eye roll. Like, why doesn't somebody please shut him up? And believe me, I thought about it. I really <laughs> did. He kept yelling things and then saying, fight me. And I swear to God, I was like, he started yelling during the Ibushi match. And I was like, one more time. And I'm just jumping up there. Yeah. I mean, the having the kids there made that problematic and, and some people did ask him to, to 
tone it down and shut the heck up for a little bit. But, you know, that was the kind of confrontation they wanted. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was not cool. And the, the, the entire show like just had a different vibe or like most of the wrestling I've been to this year has kind of had like, there's been like some cool, like a younger indie, indie kind of crowd, you know, like a, a cool crowd, a hip crowd of, of younger people who, who are there having a good time. And this wasn't that at all. It was like mostly like, uh, you know, your most stereotypical group packs. I would say packs. Of, yeah, they of were packs. We saw them the day before walking around Dallas. And their black t-shirts. And they had their Bullet Club t-shirts on and everything. Beards. So we knew, you know, who they were, why they were there. And, um, you know, they were, you know, they were loud and obnoxious and arguing about just ridiculous stuff. Um, and then there was like, it was like the, the worst part of the internet come to life. Yeah. And, and so different than some of the other, um, some of the other crowds that we've seen where people are engaging in, in conversations, happy, positive conversations. I was in the breakfast room at our hotel and I started up the, uh, elevator with a, a group of guys. And one of the guys had a really cool, um, was like an LIJ shirt, except that it was meshed with like the, the Mexican wrestlers that are also in the, you know, ungovernables. And I'd never seen it before. And I just told him like, you know, that's a great shirt. I haven't seen it before. He stared at me like I was an alien. And then like the elevator came to my floor and I said, hope you enjoy the show. Cause the show was that night. And again, just staring at me. And I was like, I mean, that's just weird. At every other show that we've been to, every, you know, crowd that we've been around, people are, you know, ready to engage and stuff. And I, this was just incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, he may have never had a, a girl speak to him before. I, so it's just like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you people. <laughs> yeah, so the, it was, uh, in that way, it was the kind of the worst experience we've had. Um, so it was kind of a... A mix because the wrestling was really good. I think like on a technical level it was the highest that we've seen, but it was kind of brought down a little bit. The experience didn't feel as good. Yeah, and so. the and the crowd was also um, milling about, not taking their seats for like matches at a time. Um, it was just definitely a, a, just a very different feel. And you suggested that perhaps there were a lot of people there who were maybe wrestling fans but not as familiar with this particular product yeah i mean that was the sense i got listening to people talk is that you know they had some kind of vague understanding of who who a couple of the people were but they definitely were not like regular watchers of New right Japan well World we had that one guy behind us who was like doing his best impression of wikipedia and he actually at one point said to you know to his buddy who he was quote educating the whole time um, that New Japan just makes it so hard to see any of their product. And I just thought, like, um, you don't know <laughs> anything about this. Like, why, <laughs> why are you, you know, why are you pretending to be the person educating your friend? Like, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, it was, the crowd was a bit annoying and annoying enough that it was really just hard to get away from it and not let it get to you. So I hope I don't encounter that ever again. Yeah, um, I, I hope so too. And and so far I haven't. Although you know when it, it just depends. It's like the luck of the draw. When I was at like the MLW in Milwaukee, like it was it was a good experience. And I but I was able to wander around and 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 like you know insert myself in various areas. 
but my friend Lee Casebolt was there and he said they were next to a group of smart fans that made the night miserable with all their insistent, like, them being part of the show and yeah. comment, you know, and being negative about like every single thing that happens. Um, so yeah, I guess it just really depends. But the next trip had none of that. No. So um, we came home for a little bit. You concussed yourself. And then, <laughs> True story. We, then against, um, you know, all recommendations and doctor's orders, we took off to Jacksonville to see AEW's fight for the Fallen. And I, I gave you the option not to come. It's true that technically you gave me the option not to come. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't want to be the one who who prevented us from, from doing it, especially because our son Sean was actually um, really excited about the, the wrestling show this time. We had talked so much about mom's favorite wrestler, Kenny. Yes. And he really wanted to see Kenny, like everyone does. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to be the one that was like, oh, we can't go because dad hit his head. Oh, well, we were going to go. <laughs> I never once considered not going. It's just Jacksonville. I can drive to Jacksonville. I did drive to Jacksonville. Yeah, I was not allowed to drive, uh, and I was. Uh, I did follow those orders. Yes. And uh, luckily, Christina dressed up as Hangman Page for the for the event, so she had some black bandanas. And I kinda, That's true. I wrapped those around my eyes to keep the sun out and, uh, and kind of just uh, tried my best to rest on the trip. So it ended up being okay. So we got there, and um, I'll admit, I, I usually am the person who buys the tickets. And it was very difficult for me to know what this Daly's Place outdoor amphitheater was going to look like, uh, how it was going to be set up. And so I bought tickets basically based on how expensive they were. So uh, we didn't buy super expensive tickets. We got like middling tickets. Um, I thought that was would be good enough. We got to our seats. Ugh, and they were terrible. Yeah, they I mean, were mine was so literally far... obstructed by yeah, a column. You had like a column in your face, and we were so far away from the ring, like I, you, you wouldn't have been able to see hardly anything. Yeah, it would have been terrible. And um, so, you know, just I just decided, like, I don't want to sit here. <laughs> I, I mean, I did. I was just like, I don't want to sit here. There has to be a way not to have to sit here that's, you know, within the rules. I, I mean, when it, when it was just me and you, like we would be the kind of people who would sneak down as sure. the show went on to the better and better seats. And if no one, and we'd just sit there until someone told us that we had to leave. And then just, I would act like really confused about, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't our seat. Sorry. <laughs> Look for the next bus seat. Um, but we have the kids with us and we need four seats together and, and making them move a lot is, you know, they're not going to be very happy with that. Uh, so I just started looking around to see, well, where would we like to sit? Well, first of all, if you ever go to a, a show here in this Daly's place, I'm going to tell you that the concourse, is, which is higher, is going to be better than the second section. Yeah, everybody in the cheap seats, uh, if you weren't on the front row or something, like you, the people in the cheap seats had the by far the best view, I'm yes. sure. So we looked at moving up to the Except con- for us. Right. Well, first we looked at moving up to the concourse. And I just got out my StubHub app on my phone to see, you know, what tickets were available. I needed a group of four. And, um, you know, prices had dropped pretty low. I mean, the show was about to start, like, minutes away from starting. Uh Screw you, scalpers. Right. And so then I looked across the ring, and they had a stage set up. And I had 
bypass looking at stage seating because I didn't know if it was going to be tiered, but it turns out that it was tiered and I have to have tiered seating because I'm tiny, like child size. I can't see. All it takes is like one big head in front of me and wrestling fans have Every single one yes, of them. Yes, they has have a large Tito heads. Ortiz yes, it's, size head. it's a little strange, but yeah, always a big head. So I have to have tiered seating, and we have two kids, so they need tiered seating so they can see. And bam, I found stage seating available for cheap, and I just bought those tickets. And then we took them over, and you had to, you know, stage seating was kind of VIP seating. You had to get a special wristband and everything. Yeah, and you and walked like right past the announcers and yes. stuff. Yeah. And um, so we ended up being on the back row of stage seating um, and on an aisle, which meant we could stand up and mill around whenever we wanted. You could stand up and get pictures. You could. We were right next to the ramp where the um, where the wrestlers made their entrances and exits. Yeah, so you got I, I lots even of showed great up pictures. on uh, being the elite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And right next to the pyro, so close to the pyro that we felt it. Uh, I got I got actually hit by a spark, <laughs> which I'm fine with. And uh, the boys really enjoyed the big flames. Like, they would feel the, the flames and, and, and like that. So, um, yeah, so... And then once we um, posted that, we you were actually contacted uh, on social media by some other... some followers who were at the show who admitted that they had never considered the idea of just buying, you know, cheap different seats once they got in there, but it worked perfectly. Yes, it was genius. And it really changed the experience for us and uh, made it one of the better shows that we've attended this year because uh, the proximity to the wrestlers was was, was incredible. And you you can see it in a whole new way. Like, it's always fun to be there live, but like when you're there live uh, where you can like see facial expressions and stuff like that, like... uh, it was it was pretty special. Yeah, it was amazing. It was I was I, that was my best live wrestling experience. I mean, because the just being that close and and I and I really enjoyed the show. Um, we enjoyed it so much, and it made such a huge difference that in a typical Snowden fashion, if you remember us coming right home, right to the hotel from Double or Nothing, and booking plane tickets to Chicago. We uh, came back and decided that we were going to splurge and get much better all-out tickets than we had ever really planned on. So we did, and we'll be paying them off for months. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope it's a decent show. Um, But the thing is, is that I'm convinced it will be. That's I was. I'm confident because we've now been to three AEW shows. Every one of them has been like great like yes. I, we've it's been they just continue earning our business yes and and not only is the wrestling really good and it's like they're bringing in all of my favorites almost from the indie scene but also uh you know for us specifically they've partnered with this group culture city for the sensory in- inclusion and uh they had a truck there because it's not a typical arena so there wasn't a room there to set up for people who have special needs Instead, they had a truck right outside, and and our kids saw it and recognized it and went in there, and we went we went in a couple times during the show, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so them having this partnership is just, uh, I mean, it's an for most people it's like oh that's nice that they did that that's pretty cool for us it's like a, an actual like wow this yes. makes our life better <laughs> so um it, it's it's um just another reason for us like if we were thinking about on the fence, which we're not really, but if we were, it would be a reason to say, yes, let's go. Yeah. And, and we actually, uh, we're going to go through the matches here, but we will have to admit missing most of the buy-in. 
you know, not not because we wanted to miss the buy-in, but because um, that the Culture City mobile unit was kind of right there by the entrance. So it was the first thing that Sean saw. Right. And he he saw, you know, they had they had the truck open, so he saw the bean bags and he saw the pretty purple lights. And um, he he basically just insisted that we go to the truck for a little while. So so we went, you know, we had we had stood outside the arena for a while um, in line and stuff. So he was already a little anxious. So you know, we all just kind of went and and stayed in the truck for a good part of the buy-in and and really got him like you know geared up and ready to go to the show. So we can start our discussion of the actual show with uh, the six-man match. Yeah, I love this match. Yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, uh, so the the match, if you haven't seen it, was Jimmy Havoc, uh, Darby, and Joey Janela against MJF, uh, Sean Spears, and Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I called it the Jerks versus the Weirds, and I mean all that <laughs> in the nicest possible way because I love all these guys. Yeah, it was in like the high school cafeteria of the match. <laughs> um, and but you know the the jerks had like were such jerks that they didn't even like each yeah, other. Yeah, they can't. They don't even like each other. So uh, one of the things that was really spectacular to me, uh, and and this has just been true of the AEW crowds every time we've been to one of their shows, is like the crowd wants to love it so much, and and it, you know they pay attention to everything. And so Darby Allen went from being like a relative unknown when we went to the mm-hmm. the previous show in Daytona Beach. Uh, he had one match with uh, with Cody Rhodes, went to a draw, and came out to this show to a superstar reaction. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. They were there; they are ready to love him. And he's like such a phenomenal talent. Like um, I, when I saw him at one time, the first time I'd ever seen him, he's obviously an established act, but we were kind of new to the wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. I saw him at a, a bar wrestling match. And, uh, you know, he was there with his, his now wife and, and they were wrestling another couple and it was just the most incredible thing. And he had this presence to him. And I remember telling Ryan Loco, I was like, that, that guy's got something. Mm-hmm. And so the next night I was like, I, they were like, who do you want to talk to? And he wasn't going to be on the show. And I was like, I want to talk to that guy. And he ended up coming out to watch it. And so I got to talk to him for like 25, 30 minutes. And he's like a really intense and interesting individual too. And it's just like, I, I just told him like an idiot. I was like, man, I think that you've got, you've got it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how he responded to that. Like maybe he knew, maybe he didn't, but um, he does. And now he's here mm-hmm. and he's going to be on the the big stage. Um it just happened so fast. Yeah. You know, it was just like not that long ago, he was there in that bar with 75 people in Atlanta, and now he's on AEW, and, and he's, right. he's going to be, like, he's going to be a guy. Well, you're talking about making a star with one match at Fighter Fest. Go to the other side of that tag match and look at what has happened with Sean Spears. We saw him uh, in the first show, in the first show that we saw where he came out, and the crowd went crazy they were happy to see him they gave him the 10 chant oh yeah yeah one chair shot to cody at fighter fest and when he came out this time it was to vitriol yeah it was like a legit like bad guy reaction to the point where like uh, we were sitting there right next to the ramp so you could see him real close Mm -hmm. and then I think that he probably expected a mixed reaction maybe and uh, you could tell by his face like he was a little bit surprised that like uh, how completely negative it was. Yeah, no 10 chance. Nothing. 
And Nothing he, but booze. They, I heard like a few random people try to start it. No, the crowd wasn't having it. Then after the match, he try, he threw up the 10, tried to get people to start it. Nope, crowd wasn't having it. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think MJF laughed at him <laughs> when he couldn't get anybody to go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, they they made a star, and and they also you know made a an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is just really fun, uh, and uh, I I like this kind of I like all the talent in the match, and um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm I was really happy with it. Yeah, I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, you actually left for the next match because uh, Sean was begging for the truck again. Yes, yeah, so we went thanks to Culture <laughs> City. I, I I didn't see this most of this match. We saw a little bit of it from the entranceway, but uh, yeah. So you had to talk through. Right. So it was Brandy Rhodes uh, versus Allie, and um, Brandy um, brought out Awesome Kong as her um, protector, I guess. And a uh, crowd was still you know really hot for Awesome Kong. Um, honestly, it was. I you know I'm I'm a little bit harsh on the ladies, but yeah, you're I, a total sexist. I am. I I admit it, but I I like this match just fine. I mean, I thought I thought they did a good job. I was really worried about it um, because, well, for one, we saw that Brandy was worried about it, um, but also I had seen Allie uh, wrestle the librarian um, in the last yeah the show fest. yeah, and it was and it was the pits yeah it was no really offense. not good. <laughs> And so I was a little bit worried about how these two were were gonna um, put a match together, but I, you know, I liked it. And then after the match was over, uh, Brandy and Awesome Kong continued to attack Allie in the ring, and uh, eventually, um, Asia Kong came down to face off with Awesome Kong. Yeah, that's uh, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this match, though, does kind of present like the, the issue that I, I've kind of talked about before, I think, but I'm worried about for AEW because uh, there's like a, there's two Brandy Rhodes, right? Mm-hmm. There's the one who, who did the awesome video on the road to fight for the fallen where she's expressing her fears and she's talking about her figure skating career and she presents that she's a real sympathetic figure mm-hmm. and it, it's really touching. And I remember posting on Twitter, like, I'm going to be going for a Brandy, Brandy Rhodes. Right. Like, I'm for her now. And then she comes out, though, she's a dastardly heel. And so, like, um, and this is, like, kind of just, like, the issue they're going to have. Because, right. uh, you know, they want to they wanna, they wanna show, like, in real life, we're nice people and we're doing the work. And, and we're relatable and we're fun. And that's been a key to their success on some level. But then when you try to be a bad guy wrestling character, there's no one's ever going to fully buy into it. Right. Like subconsciously you can't because you can't be Brandy Rhodes, the, the popular YouTube uh, actress. Right. And also be Brandy Rhodes, the villain. Like you can't fully embody both those roles. And so that's a dangerous line that I felt like they've been walking with a lot of their guys and, and women and this was like an example because they played the heartfelt promo yes. in the arena right before she came out mm-hmm. as a heel. And it's just like, I don't think it's being too old school to say like, that's just, it's weird. It feels yeah. weird. Well, so if, if they hadn't had the beat down after the match was over, I don't think I would have noticed or cared that much because I felt like, I felt like she walked the same line that Cody does where it's like, you can like him 
and you know you can and and you can watch the videos and appreciate what he does but you know he'll do anything to win right and 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 I'm okay with that but she takes it to an, a next level to the point where she's like the one person in AEW who who feels like they're 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 tiptoeing towards that authority figure kind of storyline yeah so. so um yeah like I said until the beatdown after the match was over I I think it would not have bothered me. Right. I was very surprised about the beatdown because that's that's really just straight heel behavior. Like, uh, and I understand that it has to get you, or it does get them to this confrontation in the ring with Aja Kong. But I don't know. It just that that felt a little bit weird. And, and, I, and, uh, I'm, I'm and I, of, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm kind of fully like. Uh, Buying into my own theory that no one who's on a YouTube sketch comedy show can fully be a serious heel in wrestling. It's just it's going to be hard. Like even like you know, Sammy Guevara and MJF are, are kind of funny, cocky heels. Right. No one is going to hate them when they're part of these. Yeah, shows. and I'm not. I don't. I'm not too worried about that. Like I don't. Um, that that really doesn't bother me. It's as fine much. for a certain kind of act, like a mid card act and lower card act. It's kind of okay, but like uh, eventually they're going to want to do, they're going to want one of their central characters, which are the elite. One right. Of the, one of them's going to be a bad guy. Can they pull it off while they're also doing the likable guy gimmick on, right. on YouTube? Well, so I'm fine with like if you're like a jackass, like I can, <laughs> right. you know, or you're snotty or something like that. That's fine. But if you're really going to move Brandy into, you know, uh, have Awesome Kong beat you up after every match, like, that's that's different. That's a, that's a different kind of heel territory. And you're right. Like, I I think that, um, yeah, they have to, if they want to make that effective, they'll have to be more careful with it. So, yeah, they've got a lot of challenges, and they but they also have a lot of time going forward. And so... Uh, right now, it's the only mechanism they have to promote these shows. So, if by you know, she's going to have to be on there. They're all going to have to be on there if they're promoting the shows. Eventually, they're going to have television of some kind. So maybe that you know they'll have other ways, and they don't have to put the bad guys in into the role of being a good guy some of the time. Right. So um, anyway, back to the matches. Um, the the next match was a a, a tag team match uh, that I thought was also. A lot of fun. It was the Dark Order, the, the what they're calling the Land of the Lost, which is my guy Luchasaurus. Oh, wait, that's what they're calling them? That's what the internet's calling them, at least. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was a boy and his dinosaur. I like that, too. So Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, uh, whatever you want to call them, and then Angelico and, and Jack Evans. And uh, they put together a, a pretty exciting match. And... Um, the Dark Order went over as they kind of had to because right. they're setting up this big feud with the best friends mm-hmm. and they're establishing them as one of the, the heel teams in the tag team division. Right. But the kind of the surprise, I think, uh, to me at least, was the response to Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy who like were just like the crowd, yeah. the crowd loved them. They, yeah, and made they me so loved. happy. Yeah, and um, I, actually the surprise to me was how how much better jungle boy looks every single time we see him he's developing so quick and i think it, it really it helps to be around that veteran talent like the the dark order is a well-established mm-hmm. team on the indie scene and of course like 
Jack Evans kind of like invented modern indie wrestling. So like to, to be in there with those kind of uh, people in there with Luchasaurus, like, yeah, he looked great in this match. Mm-hmm. Like his, his selling was better. His timing was better. His chops and physicality were better. Yep. You know, the first time we saw him, I think we just kind of like looked at each other and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, he's it, pretty, but it's cute that Luke Perry's kid is wrestling, but it's like, yeah, I'm not sure. But then like in this match is like, Oh no, that guy's, that guy's going to be good. Yeah. He's, you know, he's developing that quickly. And it's fun when you catch a young talent at this stage of their career, when they still, they can make these like, not just like in incremental improvements, right. but like huge leaps. And I see that with him. And of course, like uh, Luchasaurus has like long been uh, a favorite of mine uh, from afar, yeah. knowing nothing about him. Just having seen his picture, I remember telling Ryan Loco, like, we have to get his photograph. Like, what an incredible, <laughs> like, who came up with this? Why? How? Yeah. Like, I still need to talk to him about you it. You do. You're going to have to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, just for my own benefit. (laughs) But, uh, you know, also just... Well, he does have a master's degree. He does, so it could be a good conversation. And it just just, just, has a fascinating look. Like, uh, that is what a wrestler should look like, is a Mexican dinosaur uh, (laughs) of some sort. So, um, anyway, that, that was really good. I enjoyed the match. Yeah, and now, so the Dark Order will go on to face best friends at All Out... I mean, maybe more than one. Maybe there'll be another tag team in there as well. I don't know. But definitely those two will be battling for a bye uh, going into the AEW tag team tournament that we're supposed to get to see um, when their TV starts. Yes. So uh, it's not entirely clear how it's going to work because, you know, they... I don't care. I heard tag team tournament. Yeah. I love tag team wrestling and (laughs) AEW loves tag team wrestling. And so for me, it's just like, that's just one of the ways where it's just like, we're so on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. because I, I I really enjoy it. Um, so the next match, we don't like to be negative, but unfortunately to me, this was the worst match on the card. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm I'm not going to say it was terrible. It wasn't bad, but it It wasn't what it needed to be. Yeah. It was disappointing. So it's hangman page. Uh, who's going to be competing for the first AEW championship against Chris Jericho, against Kip Sabian. And, um, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that it just doesn't feel to me like Hangman is, is catching on no. and he's not delivering the way he should. And like everything about it seems off. And this is coming from people who are so high on Hangman Page that you literally dressed up as him I did. to go to the show. But like, you just can't deny what your eyes see. And no, that's, that, that's true. Um, He's struggling. Yeah, he's missing. Something a beat. is wrong. Something is wrong. He's hurt. I, I just, I feel it. I, it's just, I don't know. We've, you know, we watched him in New Japan. We just watched him in uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla um, from last year. It's, it's something is off. His timing is off. He's slower. Um, I, I, I'm convinced he's hurt. I'm not sure what's going on, but I, that would make the most sense to me. But uh, it's. Uh... It's tough because they're trying to present him as a major, right. a major part of the show, and it, he just doesn't. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. The crowd's not accepting him that way. This match didn't do anything it needed to do. No, because it needs to be like a, a him needed, smashing that guy. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't have to see him smash him exactly, but I have to see him look strong, and it also should have given this guy a little chance to show what he can do as well. And really, the crowd was just really not in this match. Right. So there's two ways. This to... is not going to build Kip Sabian. 
Right. But there's two ways to kind of get over in this situation if you're a hangman page, right? The one is to, to squash the guy mm-hmm. and look strong and kind of like a traditional wrestling booking sense. Right. And the other way, and like the more modern way, is to like say, okay, I'm a guy that can deliver a great match. Right. Um, that the, he didn't do either That's of those what I'm things. Saying. Yeah. So that he failed on both accounts mm-hmm. and uh, the match was too long and it was just like kind of boring and he doesn't, he wasn't moving well or uh, everything about it was just off. And then Chris Jericho came out to deliver a beatdown. I mean, looking every bit of 275 pounds. Well, he came out dressed as one of the Dark Order gimps. Right. But, you know, I immediately told you, like, well, that's not one of the Dark Order gimps because that guy's chubby. <laughs> he's too fat to All be. the Dark Order gimps were in good shape. Yeah, he's, no, he's not in gimp shape. That's right. And so, yeah, it was um, – and it's unfortunate for me – because I wanted to cheer for Hangman Page, but because he didn't even acknowledge the fact that you dressed up as him on Twitter, not even with a like or, you know, a DM or anything, um, he couldn't be bothered to acknowledge his fans. So now I'm going to have to root for Big Fat Jericho, and well, I don't want to do that either. Yeah. Well, I actually I told you not to tag him on Twitter, and you did it anyway. And I misunderstood. I, don't... I thought you said for sure tag him. And I. I don't mind at all, and there is no way in hell I'm ever rooting for Chris Jericho. All right, fair enough. I'm rooting for no one. <laughs> You're rooting for no I'm one. I'm rooting for double count out. That's right. Screw both those Here, guys. Here, Hangman Page, Jericho will have a match, and then they can give the belt to Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, next was uh, two of my, my favorites, uh, the Lucha Brothers and SCU. And... SCU. SCU. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're fun. Yeah, they're they're a good. Both teams good are act. so fun. And this is a, for me. It was cool to see this match on a bigger stage because uh, one of our my first experiences doing this book, where we travel around the country seeing all these wrestling shows, was in Atlanta. Um, I had gone to see Ken Shamrock fight Tom Lawler in a, in a bar, and then the very next night, the same promoter, T.J. McClune, had this show. Um, and where where the young bucks and Cody showed up as a mm-hmm. surprise guest, but the one of the big matches with the, was the Lucha Brothers versus SCU, and so it was a very similar match to this, and um, that was one of the first matches that um, Ryan Loco and I both looked at each other like, I mean, this is this is some <laughs> bad ass shit here, yeah. like this is incredible, and then they had a very similar kind of match here, and um, you know beyond the high spots, which are excellent, um, my favorite part of a match with the Lucha Brothers, but especially with SEU because they seem to take it and, and handle it well, are the chops. <laughs> Pentagon especially. I mean, my God, it sounded like a, an explosion. Yep. Like a, I mean, it, and he sh- yeah, sh- shushes sure the, the crowd. crowd's ready for and it. And then, oh my, I mean, he it delivers. Like those are some hellacious chops to the point where we saw them um, later in Chicago at an MLW show uh, where he chopped a guy and Ryan was in the corner taking photographs, and he, and he was like, the guy was like, hey, I, I can't take any more. <laughs> I was like, those are some real serious wow. chops. Um, so anyway, I, lo- I love that match. I love that matchup. I love those teams. Yeah. And uh, it, it was just good wrestling. Yeah, and one, I will have to admit that one of my favorite parts was not actually even wrestling. Um, Pentagon always takes off one of his gloves. So you can hear the slaps. Yeah, but also... Um, he does it before he gets the crowd to do his no fear chant. And he does his little hand gesture. Right. And, um, at the last show that we were at, he took the glove off and he tossed it 
sort of over his head behind his back to the referee who caught it. This time he tried the same thing, only the referee wasn't quite ready and she didn't catch it. The crowd was, you know, they were very disappointed, very loudly disappointed with that. Like, ooh. (laughs) And so, you know, the... Basically, uh, Pentagon and the ref both suggested, like, we'll try it again. So he, you know, she gave him back the glove and he tossed it again. And this time she caught it and the crowd just went wild. And my favorite part of all of this was Pentagon just, he had this huge smile on his face and his eyes were just shining. And it was just like, he was so tickled that this crowd cared so much about this little tiny the little detail. Bit. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that's just how they are about everything. Yes. Like, you know, we are at the stage of AEW where uh, everything is so fresh and so new and the enthusiasm is so high. And, you know, there hasn't been time to fully like, uh, get form, cynical. Get cynical, and for <laughs> I mean, of course, some on the internet have, but the people who show up at the events yes. haven't, and so you're not on teams, and you're not like rooting for or against, and you're not mad at the booker and any of that kind of stuff. It's just like joy. Yes, everyone, the wrestlers, the 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 crowd, uh, everyone is in it together, and it just like it, it just it feels like so exciting to be there, and so um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and um, so. It ended though uh, with the Lucha Brothers winning with their their package pile driver slash double stomp where Ray <laughs> Phoenix goes up and, yep. and uh, I mean the incredible finish. Yes. But then uh, they brought out a ladder. Yes, I didn't know what was going on. I thought they were like gonna restart and just have a second match or something. It would have been okay. I, I had no idea, but they set up this ladder in the middle of the ring and they cl- and both of them both brothers climb it, and uh, Pentagon I think. Uh, use more English than I've ever heard him use before. And they called out the Young Bucks for uh, their match at All Out and uh, said that they wanted it to be a ladder match. I mean, these lunatics in a ladder match, um, this is not entirely clear like what the thing is they're going to climb the ladder to get, whether it's like a, a an entry into the tournament, maybe it's the AAA tag belts. Like it's not really... I don't know what the ladder is for except for spots, but that's okay because that's I, what they're good at is spots. Right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't really care. Uh, we saw the Young Bucks in their final Ring of Honor match. Yes, which is a ladder match. And they so they knew it was their last show. La- their last show. They're, big, they're about to walk into the biggest opportunities mm-hmm. of their lives, and uh, they just tried to cripple each other. Yeah. I thought Nick Jackson. I thought Nick Jackson broke his back like n- a number of times. Like they were absolutely insane. So these two teams, both of which are insane, are going to have a ladder match at All Out, which, quite frankly, I think is probably the most important show that they're going to do. One, it's like the one year anniversary of All In. Everyone's going to be all keyed up. Two, it's really going to be their last time to shine before their television product starts in October. And so you know that everybody is going to give their all to everything at this show. Like they just, it, they can't not, they have to. This is the last chance that people are going to see them before they're asking them to watch regular, watch us regularly on weekly television. So this match will probably be completely nuts. I hope so. I just hope they're safe. I don't As really safe care. as they can possibly be. I just hope it's wild. I don't be wild. I'm absolutely sure of it. 
uh, for sure it will not be safe. It's a ladder match in a wrestling ring. So um, good luck. <laughs> good luck to all involved. Um, so the next match was both a great match, but also an experience. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make fun of you. Oh, but, sure. I'm um, sure you're not going to make fun of me. <laughs> but um, you were in a state when Kenny Omega came out. <laughs> <laughs> to like close enough where like if we had been like hey Kenny Omega how are you like he would have heard us oh for sure like um that was that was wild yeah it was great it was amazing like I said best best live wrestling experience of my life was just seeing Kenny Omega <laughs> um and then he they had a really good match he and this is my and favorite Shima, match of the night and uh yeah I thought they were they were good and it's like we talked a little bit about with Okada and Tanahashi, where like the very best wrestlers, when you see them live, um, their timing mm-hmm. is on a different level than other performers. Their intensity is on a different level, and uh, you can't hide it. So like on television, like the cameras are trying to do a lot to to hide your imperfections. Right. And in in the live event, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like you see everything, and so that's where really you you notice. Uh, who was on a different level. Right. And Okada and Tanahashi were definitely those guys. And, Especially Okada. And Kenny Omega is, is one of those guys where he just moves faster. He's in the right position. He's, uh, he's doing the right thing. He's executing. Uh, there's not a lot of holes. Like you, everything is just really, mm-hmm. he's just great. He's a great professional wrestler. Yeah. And on a technical level. And in all honesty, I did not go in to this show thinking that this would be my favorite match. Um, because, the, there's not really any stakes in this match. There was never any doubt who was going to win the match. Um, so, you know, I didn't, you know, I, she was good. I wasn't exactly sure what we were going to get, but I'm, I love this match. This match was so fun. Like this is, this is the Kenny that I like to see. Like yeah. he's fun. Like he's just fun. And your favorite part was the slap fight. Yes. <laughs> I like good slaps. <laughs> I like good chops. I like good knees. Um, but you don't get as many like really good just you know slap fests. I like that. <laughs> well, I, I I would say it was a a big hit. The boys got to see your favorite wrestler Kenny, who we had talked up so much. Yes, and, um, you teaching them, you teaching them to answer the question. You know who who's your mom's favorite wrestler? Kenny is like that's just amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and we showed him some. I showed him some uh, video highlights. And oh stuff. well, when once we got back to the house after the show. Um, you know, Sean sits at my computer quite a bit and I showed him that the pop, uh, the Funko pop doll is that's Kenny. And now I can just, I mean, who's that Kenny? <laughs> so, um, following Kenny, unfortunately was, uh, Chris Jericho again, talking about Jack Offville and, uh, yeah. generally delivering a lackluster promo kind of, it seemed like just waiting for Heyman page to finally show up, which of course we found out he was, he was likely a little bit delayed by the fact that he had to get stitched up after his first run in with Jericho. Yeah. He got kicked in the face, I guess. And he had a big black eye and a, a cut on his, uh, on his, above uh, his brow, his eyebrow. So, um, but this don't, don't neglect the fact that this is Jericho in full clown makeup, full, yes. full clown outfit. Yes. I should now say. this was Jericho in his in his new gear, which is uh, jeans that are way too tight for a man <laughs> with those kind of thunder thighs at this point. Um, this weird. I'm gonna guess chafing is an issue. <laughs> Road warrior slash fe jacket with the spikes, uh, the clown makeup. Yeah, but his his jacket doesn't look dangerous. It just looks bedazzled. 
Yes. It doesn't, it's not like, there's not like, it's not like big real spikes. It just, you know, it just looks fancied up. Yeah. And he's wearing this ridiculous makeup. Uh, his, Did he have his makeup on? I don't know. It looked like it. Or maybe he's really pale. I don't know. I couldn't tell. He has the fedora. He's, his head is like enormously sized. I didn't realize that until I saw him so closely in person. Like his head is gigantic. <laughs> like legitimately among the bigger heads I've seen. Um, <laughs> So like yeah, everything about him was ridiculous looking. And um, yeah, well, I had I had commented to you that I thought it was a real shame that we didn't get MJF on the mic, um, since he came out first in in his uh, six man tag match, and and then when Jericho came back out a second time, and and started this never ending, uh, you know, promo. I realized like that's why we didn't get MJF on the mic because right. they were gonna. You know, they were going to have Jericho run down the town and stuff. And right. Unfortunately, he just doesn't do it no, he's no quite MJF. as well. So, yeah, he has a big reputation for cutting promos and stuff. But um, and, and, I've, and he's yeah, had some he, great ones. And he's done well. But, yeah. you know, this was not it. No, so, this wasn't his best work. Um, and so Paige came out eventually to try to get his heat back and try to get the crowd into it and have this, like, this big confrontation before their, their match. And it, it just didn't work. Like, they tried to... I think Paige had, like, he had the appropriate amount of fire. It's just, like, no one in the crowd cared. Yeah. So He's going to have to take a different strategy. Yeah, I don't know what uh, what they're going to do. He cut, he like, He needs a... to just keep having, like, donuts delivered to Jericho's house. <laughs> this this is this is a good plan. Yeah. So I, I don't know what these guys are going to do. I'm nervous about that match at, at, at all out. But um, I, I do wish them well. It's an important right. I match. I feel certain they'll give it their all. Of course, they'll try hard. Right. But, I mean... It's an important match for the company, and so hopefully they can deliver something. Um, so that leads us to the main event. That's right. Two of the, the supposed great tag teams of the era, I guess, the Rhodes brothers and the Young Bucks, in, in this match, uh, kind of an inexplicable match. Like, why are they having this match? What's the point of this match? Um, no one really knew. It's a babyface match, uh, and so, like, that combined with the outdoor arena and the heat and the length of the show, um, kind of made, this was the the crowd was kind of tired for it. You know, they they didn't they weren't like disinterested in it, but like it never really got everyone's engines revving. Yeah, honestly, I thought the crowd was just was, they were just a little bit confused. Like they I don't they couldn't. Who are you supposed to cheer for? Yeah, and then there was definitely I think some of that kind of kind of confusion and I think that kind of confusion can lead to like a little bit of apathy and um I I don't I didn't get like a negative vibe off the crowd in terms of like not enjoying the match just not a whole lot of um not a whole lot of excitement yeah so and that's kind of like the staple of like the the modern indie wrestling scene though I guess is like a lot of these kind of matches where you take two popular teams and they just have a match where they do their moves and everyone leaves happy. But I don't know that that works with like a big mainstream wrestling audience. Like that's a, you know, a, a, they have different expectations and they kind of, I think they want to know who you're, who they're for and who they're against. Right. Um, I, I don't know that they want to both these guys right. chant like in, in like the broader culture. So, um, this will be a struggle. One of the struggles that we've long talked about for AEW is like, is what they do going to get over with regular people? Right. And not just the hardcore fans, who they do a great job with, no doubt. 
can't deny their success. But is it going to work with regular folks? I don't know. This didn't feel like people were excited for it. And um, but I thought they did an an okay job technically with the match. Yeah. You know they they did the best they could. I, I really had I really went went into the match hoping that the Rhodes brothers would um, I don't know sort of slow down, um, ground, and really manhandle the the young bucks a little more than they did. Um, and I felt like the Rhodes got sucked into the young bucks stuff like a little too much. Right. Uh, which of course they're not, that's not how they wrestle and they're not going to be any good at it. And, um, so it wasn't exactly what I was hoping from that match. I, I'd be fine. I'd, I'd be okay to see him play it back and do it again. I just, I hope that the Rhodes brothers would, um, come at it a little differently. Yeah. So it, it definitely, <laughs> I mean, it feels to me having seen them now for a little while that like, uh, the young books are very good at their match. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're very good at any other kind of match. Yeah. And so that's that's limiting in a sense. Right. Like that's great for a spot. Yeah, I thought we were gonna. S- I thought we were gonna see them be challenged. Yes, but it, they didn't accept that challenge. No. So it was it was what it was. Thirty minutes. Well, I mean, plus. that's the thing. If they can get away with not accepting the challenge, then you know that's of course that's what they're gonna do. That's right. they're one. They want to you know they do their thing. Right. Of course, they would probably, the way they would parse it is like, okay, we're the ones executing at a higher, faster right. technical level. They should do what we do. Um, that would be the other argument, like your Meltzer argument, which right. is like, they're the greatest performers ever. And not the fact that like, hey, maybe if they slowed it down and made people care a little bit more, they'd get different reactions. Um, I don't know. I, there was some stuff in here that was really cool. I mm-hmm. thought Matt did like an awesome top rope elbow drop that like just looked really cool. Uh, Nick Jackson always does a, a number of good spots, and I like the part where the roads kick them in the nuts. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always there for football football in the groin because right. it has football in the groin. So, um, <laughs> this wasn't bad by any means. It's just, you know, they had set the bar really high with the Cody and Dustin match at, yes. at um, Double or Nothing. And so... Well, if this had just been like the first match you'd seen, be like, wow, Dustin Rhodes looked great out there. It was a pretty good tag team match. He like kept up with the Young Bucks, you know, good, good for him. Right. But coming off like this classic match, it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to take us a little more into the like, you know, depths of feeling because I really thought that the Rhodes brothers might wail on the Young Bucks a little bit. To right. the point because that it might were, get uncomfortable for set, the audience, right? Yeah, it seemed like they were possibly setting that up. I like, wanted to, pu- I wanted them to push it into yes. that uncomfortable where you got uncomfortable. They never did. So uh, it left me feeling like, why did we do this? Mm. Um, yeah, but whatever, it was not bad. No, I was glad they did it. And then at the end of the night, they came, uh, Shad Khan came out uh, looking like one of the characters from a <laughs> Poirot uh, television show with like. You know, he's like on the yacht with Poirot, like some kind of like um, billionaire industrialist That's from right. the early 1900s. Um, <laughs> it came out and gave a $150,000 check to, to charity for the city of Jacksonville um, to confront gun violence. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, and at the, at the end of cool. the day, that's what, what they were there to do. Mm-hmm. So um, good for them. Yeah, it was great. We're, uh, we've got our tickets for All Out. I feel like they, we, we kind of came negative there at the end, but yeah, like overall we were left feeling so great about the show. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel 
I didn't feel anything negative about no, no, it was any a good, part of the show. It was a show. good wrestling match um, at the end. You know, I just these these guys are have shown me that they're good storytellers, and I I wanted a little better right. story from that so last I think, match. Yeah, if you want to put it in a positive light, is that we have developed now expectations for yes, them exactly that are really high exactly. And so when you only are good and not great, right? You're still good. I'm not saying you're not good, right? You just weren't as great as I'd hoped, right? Um, That's so, exactly right. All right, good. <laughs> you want to answer some some questions? Yes. So we solicited them online, and then uh, a whole bunch of them came in. Like, Sweet. What, what in the world? So uh, let's uh, let's jump into some uh, outlaw uh, jamboree. Wants to know our opinion on the Briscoes. They are his favorite act in wrestling. I love the Briscoes. The Briscoes are are tremendous. We've gotten to see them live. I was really happy about that. Yeah, and they're just like uh, one of those acts in wrestling where like. Um, I was backstage for that show at the Crockett Cup, and they were there. And it's like, I'm I'm happy to talk to everyone. Colt Cabana, totally comfortable with, you know, all even like Brody King and PCO. Like, you know, I'm not worried about talking to them, right. coming up to them and being like, hey, you want to come over here and take your photograph and stuff? All good. The Briscoes, <laughs> um, I just you don't I don't know right. I don't know what to make of them. Is that a, is there, are they putting on an act or is is like. Where, am I going to get slapped in the face? Uh, they shoot don't have any teeth. Yeah. So I, um, <laughs> it feels so yeah, real. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, they, we eventually did get their photographs and Ryan said they were, they were nice guys, but I didn't ask them personally. I had a guy ask them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I think of the Briscoes. Um, but, uh, I think they're one of the best tag teams in, in wrestling. Yeah. Like, um, we were just talking about this the other day. Uh, they're really adaptable. So like they can work like a hard hitting brawling match. They can work a crazy stunt match. They can work a technical match. Mm-hmm. Like the guys are just good wrestlers. Yeah. And, and Jay Briscoe's really good. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm all for them. And I think uh, I, I find them wildly entertaining. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're little YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, just the best. Yeah, like, just good old, good old hillbillies. Absolutely chicken hilarious from their chicken farm. Yeah. yeah, always good. Yeah, good, 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 uh, wholesome entertainment. Wholesome? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So uh, John B wants to know uh, how was it going as a family? Hectic and stressful? Question mark. No, no. It 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 has in fact um, gotten easier every single trip. Yeah, so we were really nervous before going to. Well, I get we were even nervous going to New Japan in Nashville. Yeah, the first yeah. show we ever took them to, we had no idea. The, like our our children had, they've never even sat through a movie before. Like uh, even a movie that they kind of like. You know, <laughs> I mean they they know like the songs in Frozen. They know the Lion King. They know uh, you know Nemo and Dory and from our Disney trips and. And they'll watch like, you know, five minutes, but they've never sat through a whole movie before. So it was really daunting to think about taking them to a wrestling show that we knew was going to be like three hours long and their interest in wrestling is, you know, just, eh, you know. Right. They're like some high spots. Yeah. But not like, you know, they're, they're not going to They're never going to be into like the characters or right. anything like that. Um, so that was a real, that was really, really daunting, but then they did fine and they have done better and better with every show to the point that um they're very when we tell them this weekend for instance we'll go we're going to go to a wrestling show they're very excited about it 
Um, our oldest is now asking to take more plane trips, which is amazing because I, I think anybody who listened to this podcast knows that I was, you know, nervous to the point of like not sleeping about the idea of taking them on a, on a plane trip to, to Vegas. And, um, you know, they did, they did great and they're seemingly always ready to, to go see more wrestling. Awesome. Because yeah. we're going to go. Because we're going to see more wrestling. <laughs> we'll see some more this year for sure. Ring of Honor in August and then uh, All Out. So, I mean, if they're enthusiastic about in anticipation of something um, because they have uh, pretty strong anxiety issues, um, then you know that they really like it. Right. So you know, they don't give us any gruff about we're going to go to a wrestling show. And in fact, they're they're actually really excited um, when they're anticipating it. So that tells me that they actually enjoyed themselves. Yeah, it's been a hit. So that's cool. Um, so posted some pictures of you um, online in your various costumes and just in your life. And so John F. and Cole wants to know, as jacked as Christina is, <laughs> when does she cross over from the office uh, to the locker room? Um, you do have some guns. Um <laughs> You are like I mean your your fitness level is uh, probably that of like among like the better women's wrestlers I would think. I'm I'm ready for full gear. Um, I I've ha- I've been in enough locker rooms in my life that's not happening anymore. Like um, I uh, had that those you know decade plus of being a serious athlete. On uh, I'm I'm an old woman now, so <laughs> no. I have no, I have no athletic ambitions of so any kind. You're, it would be cool to be like confused for one of the wrestlers, but not to actually have to take the bumps, or or, or be part of the business. I'm not interested in. I have no athletic ambitions. Like this at the at this point in my life, this is just for looks. <laughs> it's all aesthetics. All right, fair enough. Uh, the Brandy Rhodes Protection Agency wants to know uh, how handsome was Shota Live. This is Shota Mina, the the young lion, who's probably like young enough to be a child of ours. Yes, I I I try to be very careful about this. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, there's a point there where it's creepy, right? Oh, I mean, I for sure could be his mom, like easily, like an after college, already married, planned pregnancy mom. Like I no, I mean, so um, yeah, he's handsome. He's a handsome young man. It, it, it's hard though, like to be like, how handsome was Shota? When, when Ibushi, Kota was, there Ibushi too. was there, and then Kenny Omega's at the next show, and like you know, it's uh, yeah, he's handsome, but he's not Kota Ibushi. Who is? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> the late Kerry Von Erich, and just as a, as a shade, he's seventy-two percent Ibushi, <laughs> and that's a that's a lot. Um, so these two questions are vaguely related, so okay. I'll read them both. Josh Zirkel, who was a, a writer for Bleacher Report, and also uh, the football blog Kissing Susie Colbert that used to have Drew Magary. I, I believe that's where he was from. I'm going to go back to that earlier question, though. The, with the handsome one? The Brandy Rhodes Protection Agency. Yes. That's um, Switchblade Stan, right? I believe so. Okay. People change their names a lot. but I um, think it is. And anyway, he looked great, too. Who, oh, Jay, <laughs> Jay White? White? Okay. All right. <laughs> So, uh, Josh Circle asks, uh, do you and your better half people watch when you're at these shows? If so, do you do it with contempt 
or with joy and envy for the free, <laughs> the free uh, spirits there at the wrestling shows. And then uh, Matt Malapai asks, have you encountered any new fans of wrestling or are you primarily surrounded by longtime fans when you're at these events? So it's kind of okay. like a chance, I guess, to, to... Well, I never felt any contempt until the G1 show in, in, which, in, Dallas, in which there where those were... those people earned their contempt. Yes, they did. They were, they were, they were out there by their looking behavior, for contempt. By their behavior, not like by their... But at the exact like. same show, we saw lots of free spirits. We saw a man dressed like Naito oh my head gosh, to toe yeah. the full suit yes the white cape. suit yes and he had like the the Naito hair mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah that was cool like yes. the, that and, was and that fighter fest show that was filled with people who were there for the CEO gaming convention as well as wrestling free spirits galore so yeah i mean there's a fair amount of people watching and thus far with very few exceptions it's it's just been in awe yeah, people have been fun, and there was even like a guy at the at the New Japan show who had purchased one of the Young Lions tracksuits. Ah, like you, like me, <laughs> but he had put it on in the bathroom at the show. That's right. And was trying to convince people he was one of the wrestlers and get them to take photographs with him. <laughs> Um, he was not one of the wrestlers. Not one of the <laughs> clearly not one of the wrestlers. So, but I also purchased this young lion tracksuit. I'm a big fan of tracksuits and sweatsuits <laughs> of all kinds. This has long been a dream of mine, not to be a, a wrestler, but to own a badass <laughs> tracksuit. And so, um, I just well, went for it, man. I went for it. After it a like Twitter my, poll, it was like my Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, so, it fits you very nicely, actually. Yeah, I was really happy with it. I was actually wearing it the other day. <laughs> you were. Even though it was July. So um, I felt really proud of that. Uh, so our final question mm-hmm. uh, comes from D. Oh, we didn't answer the new fan part. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's and we've fine. seen it. We've I've seen a pretty good um, mix. It's a cross-section, right? Yeah, I've seen people who are fans of wrestling but uh, they don't necessarily know all the guys in AEW. Um, we've uh, met people who... I'm always surprised to meet people who are fans of AEW, but literally know nothing that any of these wrestlers have ever done before AEW. Yeah, like they were they caught on to like the hype of AEW, or like this is going to be the next big thing. Or, the, or being the elite. Yes. Without actually having seen most of these people wrestle anywhere. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who are into the elite, who don't necessarily, who didn't know Darby and didn't know yes. Joey Janela, for example, at Fighter Fest, um, but you know we're familiar with the Young Bucks and Cody, and so that was um, so it's a, yeah it's an interesting mix. And we've run into more than one person, who has brought, an older like a parent and in some cases i think a grandparent there was a straight up old yeah, ass lady like at this really last show. really really elderly and um those people they know wrestling right but they don't necessarily know you know these young whippersnappers right they don't know this wrestling. and their kid or their grandkid is explaining to them like who everybody is and almost to a person that older person has uh, been into it yeah they seem to really enjoy themselves because so. the wrestling is great like if you if you like wrestling um i think you'll be you'd be impressed by like just like the progression of the of the wrestling industry that everything is faster uh you know the pace is better the spots are higher you know like it, it, it is impressive 
and you get kind of immune to that eventually having you see it week after week then it's just like less impressive but like the first time you see some of these spots you're just like holy crap you know <laughs> everybody's Rey Mysterio now like you know it's it, it is pretty remarkable when you kind of remove yourself from the day-to-day nature of seeing it all mm-hmm. the time and recognize like um the the level of uh difficulty of some of the modern spots is like incredibly high all right one last question yes so this one is uh was asked for a previous podcast and we skipped it oh no sorry Um, about that yeah so apologies and um sometimes we do that when we don't know how to answer it and that's and so we'll struggle through this one now okay because it is a tough one all right so the question is do you think wrestle kingdom nine is better than WrestleMania 17. Okay, all right. So you told me about this one so I could think about it. Yeah, so these are like two of the, you know, the the great shows in their respective genres. So WrestleMania 17 is the one that was headlined by Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. No DQ. It also had one of the great uh, TLC matches Mm -hmm. with the Dudleys and Edge and Christian and the Hardys, right? Uh, It had Chris Benoit, he who may not be named, too, too late. Um, versus Kurt Angle, right? Shane versus Vince McMahon, um, a lot of really good stuff, right? Um, probably even forgetting stuff on that card, but uh, you know, it's generally considered at the time it was considered like the great WrestleMania, right? And so um, Wrestle Kingdom Nine uh, had two of the best wrestling matches back to back that have ever existed, and my favorite match ever, um, arguably. 6394, of course, out of, <laughs> of respect. Of course, of course. But also, Kota Ibushi versus Nakamura. Yes. Was, which uh, I literally watch at least once a month. Which is the Intercontinental Championship. And that was followed by uh, Okada versus Tanahashi. And so, um, these are both great shows. Right. So, it's like choosing, like, do you like tacos better than hamburgers? Like, I don't know. So, it may just be to taste. <laughs> My head explodes. Yeah. I I need both tacos and <laughs> Okay, but so I thought about it. If I you know, if I have to come up with an answer, I, I I didn't. I came up with two answers. Right. One is objectively, I think the matches in Wrestle Kingdom Nine are better matches. Yes, like match for match, mm-hmm. the quality is higher. And part of that is also coming fourteen years later. And with right. some advancement in the industry, in my right. opinion. But when I just heard the question initially, like I had to think about my watching experience. I watched WrestleMania 17. At the time, I was an enormous Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. I, I, I'm sure that I thought that Kern Angle, Chris Benoit, like was the greatest thing ever. Like, so... You know, I I saw Wrestle Kingdom nine year, you know, a couple of years after it happened, like, and I wasn't invested in those matches at the time. Like, I was just watching it more, less of an event and more just like a series of good matches. So my initial reaction was WrestleMania is better, but that's based on personal experience with the show, objectively. I do recognize that the matches on the Wrestle Kingdom show are better matches. 
Yeah, I mean, if you just went match for match, because not only did it have those two matches, but it also had Naito against AJ Styles. It had, like, just a straight fire Makabe versus Ishii match. Like, uh, I definitely think if you just compared the various matches, uh, the New Japan show is better. Um, but, yeah, it's like a, a big event that gave you a big feeling at the time, maybe WrestleMania. Like, I, I don't think this is a question with a wrong answer. Right. For my personal preference, I think Wrestle Kingdom 9 is is a better show if i if you were like hey you can only watch one of these that would be the one i would watch yeah so, I, yes 100 percent. If, if you were like for the rest of your life ever right you you can only ever watch one of the two of these shows then i'm picking Russell kingdom i've never have been inclined to rewatch any attitude era wwe it was fine at the time sean michaels stone cold steve austin it's like the only thing i've ever rewatched a lot of. So that was kind of like right on the the early edges of it. And so, yeah, I, I, I think my preference is the New Japan. All right. All right. So we have <laughs> completed a podcast. We have. I have to get up in like three hours and watch New Japan. Same. Like I have to. It's like, your job. It's, I have to. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be back here. Um Doing one specifically about the G1. Yes. Because I know it's an overwhelming experience for a lot of fans where it's like there's all these great matches, and but it's just it's event after event after event, and it became, no one, you know, most people can't keep up with it. And so they need like kind of like someone to help guide them through what's essential and what's just good. Yeah, so we'll break it down. We fell a little bit behind because, of course, you know, we were out of town and you were unable to watch screens for a while and stuff. Um, so we're caught up and we'll watch um, probably the next two shows and then we'll sit down and we'll do a, a podcast. But um, this is a big match tomorrow. Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, one of them goes 0-3. Yeah, there's a potential that three of the favorites in the A block, uh, we'll, and we'll get into this more, but... Um... There's three of the favorites in the A block have the potential to go 0-3, which is going to make winning that block very difficult with Okada there as the champion. I think it's impossible. Who's not going to lose that many matches because you have to grant title shots, and that's just not really how they operate. Mm -hmm. And so, Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. already have had to have losses Someone, Someone tomorrow is going to be out. Yep, they're going to be effectively out. So, of the G1 running. Uh, one of the people who would have been considered a favorite. So it's going to be uh, very interesting watching. And so we look forward to, to talking about this because, man, it's been it's been so much fun already. And, and this is a great time of year for wrestling. And we want to help you, like, find your way through it. And so uh, to find, like, what's essential and which of the tag matches are great leading into the, to All of them. the match. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's easy to just be like, yeah, it's, everything's good, watch it all. But, you know, we're also going to help you try to, um, like, distill it down to the, the most essential. Right. Just, you know, really focus, concise, and succinct like we always are about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So look forward to, to um, talking with you all again soon.